Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to the 30th episode on March 30th, 2021. Let's talk about African violets. Not only can you listen to the podcast, you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And go check out the blog posts that are associated with all these podcasts as well. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. And make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast, my blog, and social media posts. You can also help support your favorite podcasts and blog by joining me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you just can't get enough Houseplant Homebody, don't forget I send a monthly newsletter on the first of every month with also exclusive content and some updates on what happened the previous month. All right, let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Mary Jevonkuski, who is my future mother-in-law. She has been a big supporter of Houseplant Homebody from the start and really everything in my life. I'm sure if you guys have been listening for a while, you know my fiance and I actually live with her currently, and we are so grateful for everything she has done for us. And as you can imagine, I am super grateful for how she puts up with all the plants around the house. So thank you very much, Mary. I love you, and I'm very lucky to have you as my mother-in-law. So thank you. All right. If you haven't been able to tell already, I do have a cold, so I'm sorry if I sound a little rough sometimes in this episode. I honestly sound worse than I feel, and I don't know if you can quite tell. I played back the audio and I didn't sound too bad, but I just a little stuffy. So anyway, sorry if I sound a little funny for this episode. Um, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Barry's friend, Jan Rock, who actually found some houseplant books and sent them over to me. So that was so nice. The books are a bit older, but guys, all the plant care information is literally the same. They actually had a section for African Violet, so it was perfect timing. So thank you very much, Jan, for that too. And one more thing. I wanted to point out that I do have the Instagram Q&A at the end. So if you asked a question on Instagram about African violets, it will be there. I only got a few questions this time, so I was able to answer all of them. All right, let's get into talking about African violets. So when I first started getting into houseplants, people were always talking about how hard African violets were, and I never really wanted to try them buy the plant and try it just because I didn't want to waste my money if I'm going to kill it. But I decided I wanted to try it after a couple of years of working at the garden center and I bought one probably about three years ago just because it was a blooming house plant. There are a few blooming house plants, obviously like hibiscus, gardenia, jasmine, mandevilla, but this was the one that I know blooms pretty consistently and I really wanted that in my house. So to my surprise, it wasn't that hard and I don't know if I just got lucky or if I neglected enough that it worked out for me or what, but I now have six African violets and I've had that one that I tried from the beginning for about three years. It's probably over three years now, but it's been doing great. So I'm really excited to share this podcast with you because a lot of times African violets get a bad rap. They're kind of like an old grandma houseplant, but I will take anyone down who believes that because they are beautiful houseplants. And if you want a blooming houseplant that you can have year to year, this is your guy. There are other houseplants like 
cyclamen, calancho, calla lily that you can find in spring especially as a flowering houseplant, but to get that thing to rebloom is really tough. So African violet is one you can find now that you can pretty easily get to rebloom. I'll explain that later on in the podcast, how to do that, what the requirements are, and all that good stuff. But I wanted to bring your attention to the botanical name, a little simpler than a lot of the other names, simply because usually African violets aren't labeled when you go look for them in botanical gardens. Once in a while, the hybrid name will be on there, but I never knew the botanical name until I did the research for it. So they were actually reclassified recently to Stetracarpus. They were originally called St. Paulia. Sometimes they refer to the St. Paulia as a common name as well as African violet. So keep that in mind. If you hear Stetracarpus or St. Paulia, it's both African violet. There's one specific name that is St. Paulia ionantha, which is the main major variety of African violet you will see in plant shops. Now, obviously, that's a reclassified name. It's not really that name anymore, but people still call it that. There are other variety names besides Iananthe, but they're not very common. So I put a few names on my blog if you really want to know what a few of them are, but I didn't list all of them. There are a lot. There's thousands of varieties out there and even more hybrids coming day to day. So so many different cool varieties out there. But I also wanted to tell you that the original name St. Paulia came from Baron Walter von St. Paul Hilaire, who collected the first African violet. So that is why the name was St. Paulia after him. So the more you know. All right, that is the rough background of the names, the botanical names, variety names. I won't be listing variety names simply because they aren't really identified very strongly in plant shop community, in the houseplant community. Once in a while, you'll get a variety name out there, but not very often. It's more on how they look and the color they are or the leaf shape or leaf color. So I'll kind of refer to them in that way. So we're going to move on to sun requirements and water requirements now. All right, so African violets do their best in bright indirect light, but they can tolerate medium light. So in the medium light, the leaves might not grow as large, the flowers might not bloom as long or as many, but they still can do very well in medium light. So as I said earlier, I have six African violets. I have them all in a north window, which is probably considered medium light in my situation. It never gets bright or bright indirect light or direct light for that matter, but it still has a pretty bright window and they are directly in the window and they're doing really good there. I bought about five of them this past year and I've only had one for about three to four years. And I know those other five will have to acclimate a little bit, so I'm not expecting too much of them for the next year. But the one I've had for about three years now, last summer it bloomed like crazy from May through October in that north window. I did notice that the leaves are very small. They almost look stunted, which could be because of a lack of bright indirect light, but I'm almost thinking it's because of watering, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But I am honestly living proof that they do very well in medium light. And if that's the only space you have, like a north window, then totally fine. A couple sources I was reading did say that during the summertime, a north window or even an east window is best because it doesn't get as hot light. African violets don't like to be super hot. So they actually do well there. 
And if you can avoid direct sunlight, that's ideal because African violet leaves burn if they're in direct sunlight. I actually had that African violet I've had for a long time in a south window just because I was testing it and it turned out all the leaves on the side of it that were against the window turned brown. So they do burn if they are in direct light or even a south window. If you have it in a very low light situation, the leaves might not be as big, the flowers might not be as successful. So just keep that in mind. Okay, so let's move on to water requirements. You need to allow your African violet to almost dry out in between waterings. Some sources have suggested keeping the soil consistently moist, but because of their succulent-like leaves and stems, African violets are actually prone to rot. So I would avoid overwatering at all costs and make sure you're allowing the top layers of soil to dry before you even think about watering again. In my own experience, I have always allowed my African violets to almost completely dry out in between watering. I think I could be giving them a bit more water because I really do allow all of the soil to dry out and they're in small four inch pots so it's pretty easy for them to dry out and I've used a lot of perlite in their soil which I'll address later. So they do dry out fast and they are sitting in a room that gets absolutely no humidity. So I think based on the stunted growth I was talking about with that African violet I've had for years, I think it's just because I haven't been watering it as well as I should. I might even see a consequence of that during the summertime when or if it blooms this time around. We'll see. I'll keep you up to date and eventually on Instagram and Facebook stories, you'll see if it's blooming again or not. Uh, But all of my African violet leaves do droop a little bit when they do need water. Although since the leaves are so low profile already, it's hard to see. But I do notice the leaves aren't as stable when they need water. They get a little flimsy. So I know I mentioned humidity just a second ago. In regards to humidity, African violets don't actually need any. So their leaves are really fuzzy. And if you go to my blog, you can kind of see a detailed picture of what they look like. So since their leaves are really fuzzy, that increased moisture and humidity could actually lead to mold or fungus. So I would totally avoid misting African violets, putting them near a humidifier, or even putting them in a terrarium, a greenhouse. All of those could actually do more harm than good. You also completely need to avoid watering the crown of an African violet. The crown meaning the center of where all the leaves come from, the stem. Getting that crown wet And allowing that moisture to sit on the leaves can also lead to mold and fungus. So just keep that in mind when you are watering. You either want to water below the leaves or you can bottom water by filling up your saucer or your cash pot, whatever you're using, and allow the plant to soak up the moisture from below. After about a half hour, if you do leave the water in the cash pot or your saucer and there's any water left, remove it because you don't want the roots to rot. These guys are prone to root rot, so you want to make sure you're giving them enough moisture but not soaking them. (laughs) Overall, sunlight, bright indirect light to medium light is best. Avoid direct sunlight and for optimal blooming, avoid low light. For watering, allow the top layers of soil to dry out between watering. Do not apply extra humidity and do not water the crown of the plant. Capiche? Cool. All right, let's move on to fertilizing and propagating. Okay, so fertilizer. This got complicated because sometimes the sources I'm looking at say almost the same thing virtually, and that's great. 
And then there are times like this where um, some sources say the opposite. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you what I do. I'm going to tell you what they said. And then I'm going to tell you what I think should be the best practice. So every source I've read said had said something slightly different as usual. I currently use Espoma indoor liquid plant food and I fertilize every two weeks when I water my plants. Really, I started at the end of February and it'll probably go through October, but then I probably honestly only fertilize one more time in winter, probably December, just because the plant is really inactive. I do this for all of my house plants, I keep it pretty consistent. I would much rather under fertilize than over fertilize, so that is why I do that. So here is what a couple sources said. The Complete Houseplant Survival Manual by Barbara Pleasant said feed every two weeks with a high phosphorus plant food or use a balanced houseplant food mixed at half the rate recommended on the package. High phosphorus means a fertilizer that helps the plant to bloom. So If you ever looked at a fertilizer, usually they show three numbers with a dash in the middle. That's kind of the, for lack of a better term, chemical makeup of the fertilizer. And that middle number is phosphorus. So if that middle number is higher, that means it's going to be pushing bloom growth. So just fun fact. And then I had another source from Gardening with Lights by Leslie Halleck that said, a balanced formula is best. Use at each watering following the manufacturer's instructions. Avoid bloom boosting fertilizers with excess phosphorus as they can cause foliage to appear scorched. So as you can see, these say the opposite. (laughs) Just when it comes to bloom boosting fertilizer, they do both recommend using a balanced houseplant fertilizer though. So Honestly, here's what I think about this. Based on my experience with working at the garden center, I do think using a bloom boosting fertilizer could cause that on a houseplant if you're using too much. So if you're using a fertilizer that's supposed to be used for shrubs and perennials, it probably has a higher concentration than your tiny little houseplant needs. So if you really want to use a bloom boosting fertilizer or a high phosphorus fertilizer, only use a little bit. I also think as long as you keep it out of direct sunlight and you're only using a minimal amount of that fertilizer, I don't think you'll see scorch marks just because those are two factors that directly correlate to scorch marks. Now, I would just recommend using a balanced houseplant fertilizer or a, a just a balanced fertilizer in general just because if you have other houseplants, it's just so much easier and it's honestly not necessary to buy a unique fertilizer just for your African violet. I'm sure there are people in the industry that maybe think differently. Maybe there is optimal fertilizers for African violets, but if you're trying to be more low maintenance and you're trying to not be so fussy, you don't need to. I have successfully grown an African violet without using African violet fertilizers, so it's really not necessary. That also leads me to point out that there are specific African violet fertilizers. You're welcome to try them, I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm sure it works fine, but I don't think it's necessary to buy something extra when you can use something like just a balanced houseplant fertilizer that's going to do the same thing just about. So that's my two cents on that. If you think differently, let me know. Or if you've had different experiences, I'd love to hear it. But with my experience with it, using just a balanced houseplant fertilizer has done the trick for me and I've gotten my plants to rebloom doing that. And I think it's more of understanding the light and the watering than it is the fertilizing to get the plant to bloom. So 
as I always say, fertilizing decisions are completely up to you. There are a ton of products out there that you can try. But overall, I always say as a rule of thumb for houseplants, it's better to under-fertilize than over-fertilize. So I always recommend using the recommended amount of the houseplant fertilizer or less, sometimes even half the recommended or three-fourths the recommended. Okay, so let's move on to propagation. I thought I knew how to propagate African violets. I just didn't realize how easy it was. (laughs) So I definitely plan on it. Since I have six, I plan on trying these leaf cuttings on at least a few of them. But African violets can easily be propagated by leaf cuttings. So all you do is you cut off a healthy leaf with its stem or aka petiole from the main stem, the main stalk of the African violet, and you allow for about an inch to an inch and a half of the lily stem to be available to work with, and you place that stem at a 45 degree angle in potting mix, and you keep the soil consistently moist while the stem is producing roots. And then you should see a small plant starting to form in about six to eight weeks. You'll see little tiny leaves and you'll want to allow that new plant to grow a bit larger before repotting it in your normal African violet potting mix or what you use for houseplants. You can also increase humidity. I know that's contrary to what I said, but increasing humidity on a propagated leaf cutting can actually help speed up the process. This goes for a lot of different leaf cuttings, not just African violets, but Overall, it can help speed up the process if you wanted to, but I would wait to fertilize until you've repotted your new African violet into its official pot. How easy does that sound? Now I really want to try it. (laughs) Maybe I'll just add it to my list of plants that I'm propagating right now. If you guys have been following me on Instagram, I started propagating a bunch of stuff like a month ago, so I gotta update that, but I might be adding African violet to it. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the last few topics, which will be the flowers. I just made a whole section for flowers. We're going to go into the other facts, which I had a lot this time. And I'm going to go through the few questions I did have from Instagram and the answers. All right. We all know the best part of an African violet is its blooms. They are beautiful and long-lasting, and they literally range in just about every color imaginable, every petal texture imaginable, and the leaves come in different shapes, sizes, colors. Oh my god, it's beautiful. The amount of variation you can get with these is incredible. For people to think these are like grandma plants, I mean, come at me. These are my plants, man. I will have these for the rest of my life, no matter what, because they are beautiful. I have seen them in white, yellow, pink, purple, red, and even a combination of some of those. So that's really, really cool. I think I have one. It's funny because they're not blooming right now. And I kind of forgot which ones I've gotten. But I know I have one that has white and purple. I have one that has pink ruffled flowers. Yeah, you heard me. I have one that is like a solid pink color. I have one almost like bubblegum pink, honestly. I know I have one that is like a, it's a purple, almost like a lavender. The other two, I don't remember. I think I have another purple one, but it looks a little different. It might be dark, dark purple. I can't remember my other one, but they do come in those ruffled flowers. They even come in like a double blooming flower. So a lot of different petals. They are so cool. So many different varieties. Obviously you want to buy them when they are blooming. So you know exactly what they look like, but still, usually if you're going to buy them at a garden center, and they're like not on clearance, they're going to be blooming. 
Usually the blooms start around April or May and it can continue blooming into September and October. Obviously this depends on the kind of lighting situation in your environment and what's happening, but African violets really do actually appreciate the darker winters and that actually helps the plant bloom in spring. So there's really no need for extra light in those winter times. From what I've read, Typically, they like to be in bright indirect light for 10 to 12 hours, and then they like to be in darkness for eight hours. So it sounds very similar to what a Christmas cactus or poinsettia wants, but I didn't do anything extra to get mine to bloom last time. I just had it in a north window. So I think a north window is pretty ideal for the darkness part of things. I also discovered after bringing my African vial home, it needs time to adjust because you are introducing it into a new lighting situation, just like a Christmas cactus, Easter cactus, Thanksgiving cactus, whatever. I just, I should just say holiday cactus. So just like a holiday cactus, they are sensitive to moving them. So in that first year, you may not have as many blooms or it might not grow to its fullest potential. But if you just be patient, you'll see that. Peter and I moved a lot and I carried the African violet with me the couple times that we did move and I finally put it in that north window. It had been there for over a year and last summer it bloomed like crazy and I think it was just because it stayed in the same spot and didn't move and that's what made it bloom. And it bloomed about from the end of May, maybe beginning of June until October. It was gorgeous. I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it so that's why I bought five more this year. So that's a little bit about the flowering side of African violets. They're really the reason you are here listening to this podcast. All right, let's move on to the other facts. So the African violet is part of the Gestneraceae family. Other plants in this family include goldfish plant and lipstick plant. These are native primarily to Eastern Africa, specifically Tanzania. And in its native habitat, you'll actually find African violets growing on the ground in between rocks to get optimal oxygen to its roots. African violets have varieties that are considered standard, semi-miniature, and miniature, which is adorable. The miniature plants will maybe only reach about three inches wide, while your standard ones, which are considered your large ones, will reach about 15 inches wide. And African violets in general do get wider than they do tall. So, you know, your 15-inch African violet might only be like five or six inches tall. There are some African violet varieties with white variegated leaves. I have one and it is amazing. I've been looking for one for a very long time and I didn't want to order it online or anything, so I wanted to buy it in a plant shop. And I found it at a place called Felly's Flowers in Madison. I know they have multiple locations, but I went to where their major greenhouse is. Oh my God, it is beautiful. I can't wait to see this thing really leaf out more. It's actually starting to bloom right now. And that's the one with pink ruffled flowers too. It's so pretty. You guys have to go to the blog and look at it. It's just beautiful. I'll actually post it too when I post about this podcast. Yeah. It'll probably be too late. You guys probably already see the post. But anyways, it's beautiful, let me tell you. There are also some that have the speckling on the inside leaves. Some have like a white stripe, kind of. It's like a speckled stripe around the edge of the leaf too. So there's lots of different variations of how this happens. There are also ruffled leaves too. I haven't seen them variegated, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. So cool. So many different textures. Not only do the flowers come in so many different varieties, so do the leaves. So if I haven't convinced you yet, I hope that did. Kind of a random little nugget of information I found is that these plants 
don't tolerate cold water. So make sure you are watering with lukewarm water. If you use cold water, it can actually cause brown spots on the leaves. And you know, I bought one from Water Farms in Nina and I trust them. They have really good plants and I wasn't bothered by the brown spots on the leaves that they had, but I'm wondering, I'm curious if it's from the cold water because they weren't in direct sunlight or anything like that. And it's kind of random all over the leaf where it is. It's not like it's on the edge of the leaf or anything. So it could have been from the cold water. And you'll probably see those brown spots. I'll put a picture at this point in the other facts to show you what it looks like. But just an interesting piece of information I found. So make sure you're using lukewarm water. Another piece of information that I knew, but I just confirmed when I was doing this, is that the lower leaves may turn brown and shrivel, and this is completely normal. You just cut them back. It happens with age. Sometimes it even happens if you're underwatering or something too. It happens once in a while, but it's normal. So just cut them back. Okay, and the last piece of other facts I want to talk about was soil. So a lot of people have questioned even when I was working at the garden center, what they should plant their African violets in. And I believe this is literally because there are African violet potting mixes available and it makes everyone second guess their decisions in life. So you do not have to buy those specific potting mixes if you don't want to. Granted, they were made for a reason. People were requesting them. They wanted to make sure they were using the exact right potting mix every time. So if you want to use it, go for it. I'm telling you now, you don't have to. So I just use a regular potting mix. I currently have one that's called Happy Frog by Fox Farm, just because it was the most convenient potting mix for me to get to when I was at the garden center. (laughs) And I use an Espoma Perlite product to add drainage. So as long as you are making sure you're getting enough oxygen to those roots and you're allowing the soil to dry out pretty quickly with your potting mix, that's really all you need. So you can use a vermiculite or a perlite mixed with a potting mix and you're good. Now keep in mind if you're using a potting mix like a miracle Grow product or something or a black gold product, it may contain fertilizer. So watch out for that. You don't want to over fertilize your houseplants. You do not have to use the brands I'm talking about either. I just wanted to throw it out there because if you're looking for a brand and you want to know what I use, that's what I use. I have links to both the products I use on the blog post. But I actually personally do love these brands. Fox Farm and Espoma are really, really good products. And I always recommended them when I was working in the garden center. Fox Farm tends to be a little bit more pricey, but they're organic. So I'm not a big organic gardening person, but it makes me feel good that I'm using it. And it makes me trust them more that their products are really reliable and they've been around for a very long time. So I know you might not be looking for a brand recommendation, but that's my two cents on that. Moral of the story is you do not need to buy the African Violet potting mixes as long as you have a potting mix and something that helps with drainage like a perlite or a vermiculite, you're good. Okay, so let's get into the Instagram Q&A. I had three questions, but two of them were just about the same. So I'm going to address both of them. In the future, for every podcast from here on out on Instagram, I will be posing the question, what do you want to know about this next podcast plant or my next topic or whatever. So just so you know, the next podcast I will be doing is pet friendly plants. So keep your eye out for that. You're welcome to DM me with a question about pet friendly plants. Just let me know you're asking for the next podcast and I can include it. 
I screenshot all of the questions and save them. So when I'm typing out this podcast script slash doing the blog, I have them all in front of me while I'm doing it. Okay, so the first question, which is kind of two, was how to get it to rebloom and just how to get it to bloom. This seems to be the most difficult part for people, which I can totally understand because it took a while for mine to bloom. If you just brought this African violet home from the garden center or a greenhouse, you have to keep in mind the environment it grew up in was probably a little bit more humid. It grew up in like it's a child. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, It probably was acclimated to a more human environment and a brighter environment than you're going to be able to give it in your home. So if you place it in an east, west, or north window, no matter what, it's going to be slightly different than what they grew up in. (laughs) And that's totally fine and totally normal and how it should be when you bring houseplants home. It's very similar to how a holiday cactus acts, where if you move a holiday cactus around too much, it's going to like just kind of shut down for a little bit. African violets will do the same thing, but they won't completely shut down. No matter what, my African violet did bloom. It just didn't bloom as prolifically as it did last summer when I kept it in that one window for an extended period of time. My one piece of advice, if you're trying to get it to rebloom or bloom in general, make sure you're keeping it in a consistent spot. Do not move it. If you want it in east window, fine. Leave it there for like a year. Do not touch it. If you've had your African violet for a long time and you're trying to get it re to rebloom, consider moving it to a new spot, which is the opposite of what I said. But if it's becoming an issue, it might not be enough light. It might be too much light. So just try moving it to another window for like a year and see how it goes. As we discussed earlier in the flowering section, they do thrive best when they have those darker nights in winter. So make sure you're not applying extra light in winter. It doesn't need any more supplemental light. So just keep it where it is. Don't add extra light. If you aren't already, you can try applying fertilizer in early spring and that might help boost the flowers as well. And just keep fertilizing. I do it every two weeks, but really just do whatever the recommended amount is or a little bit less on the type of fertilizer you use. And that might help consistently get those blooms to keep growing. If you have an older African violet and over time, it, the blooms haven't been as big or you haven't been able to get to rebloom and you're noticing multiple crowns on your African violet, I would cut those off. The focus for the blooming should be on that main crown. The fun thing is, is you can propagate all those and have several more African violets. But if it does develop multiple crowns, the focus shifts multiple places and the African violet, the best way to explain it is like it gets tired and doesn't want to bloom as much. So it's going to focus on all of those separate leaf crowns and it is going to be pushing out flowers, if that makes sense. Multiple things discussed there, but those are all different ideas you can try if you're trying to get to rebloom or to bloom in general. Okay, the second question and the last question says, my cousin gave me stem cuttings and said they'd root. How long will it take? So I know we talked about this in the propagation section a little bit, but the timeline depends slightly on the conditions you have and what's going on in your home. Usually, don't quote me on it because like I said, it all depends. Usually after about one month, roots will start forming in the soil that you put the stem cutting into. Just make sure you keep that soil consistently moist. After about two months, you should be seeing tiny little leaves popping up, maybe even before that two month mark, you might see them. And after about three to four months, you might have a plant large enough 
and established enough to repot into the potting mix where your more mature African violet will live. So one month roots, two months leaves, three to four months repot. That is generally what I have read up on and what makes sense to me. (laughs) I haven't done propagating these yet, but based on everything that I have researched, the books and the websites I've checked out at, they literally all say just about the same thing. Maybe it's a week off in between, but that is about all the same. So that is all about African violets. Thanks for listening to episode 30 of Houseplant Homebody, all about African violets. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this podcast. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog tab, you'll find it there. Also, there are links to Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC on my website. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and make sure you're doing all the commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast, my blog, and social media posts. I love to hear from all of you and what you've learned through your own experience or through this podcast. And you can also help support your favorite podcast and blog by joining me on Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content, and exclusive podcasts. So your support means everything to me and I am very excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. And don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for more podcasts and corresponding blog posts. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Hello everyone. As I always say, I am back. You didn't get rid of me yet. I wanted to point out, um, I know I just talked about this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to point out that I am posing questions for each podcast so everyone has a chance to ask questions instead of me just coming up with everything to talk about if you guys had specific questions. Because I know the last couple podcasts, there have been questions that I never thought of. So it's been super helpful for me. And I'm sure if you have a question, someone else has the same one. So watch my Instagram. I will be posing those questions on my stories. But just so you know, the next podcast after this one will be pet-friendly plants or just pet and plant information in general. So if you have a question, you're welcome to DM me. Just let me know you're going to be asking about the 31st podcast. And I'll be doing this with the following podcast episodes as well. So stay tuned for that. I also want to point out that all this information is on my blog. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com, you can find the blog post that has all of this information along with pictures. If you want to put a face to a name, it's all in there. And yeah, I'm really excited to keep doing this podcast. I will be alternating a little bit in the next few podcasts, do a little bit more overall topic and then specific plant profile. So stay tuned for that. And I will be starting up landscape plant podcasts as well. I like to do those in the spring and summer just because that's when everything's active, at least here in Wisconsin. (laughs) So that is all I got for you. Hope you guys have a good week and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.